This is dedicated to anyone that's been knocked down, but not out. The ones that fell to their knees, but rose back up. The ones that scratched and clawed, but never let go. The ones willing to admit their faults, move past their failures, and improve every single day. I hope these conversations encourage you to think critically, make you laugh hysterically, inspire you profoundly, and remind you to practice gratitude daily. My name is Iman Hushman. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Awesome People. And you're live. What's going on, awesome people? Welcome to another episode of the Awesome People Podcast. First of all, if you've been joining us live, I, I do apologize. We had what they call technical difficulties. Literally, our computer would not turn on. So thanks to the expertise and the MacGyver instincts of Brandon and Anush, we are actually still able to have this show going on live. And um, I would have been really, really bummed out if we didn't have this opportunity to have this virtual sit down with today's guests and just being able to connect with all of you. Um, it's my birthday today, and I... Uh, I really wanted to make it uh, very special and I wanted to make it memorable and I wanted to make it hopefully as inspirational and motivational as possible. And um, my guest today will be able to definitely help me accomplish those specific goals. I just felt that on this particular day, uh, what, what would make it um, a special day for me is to make sure that I raise awareness for a, a form of cancer called AML also known as acute myeloid um, uh, leukemia. And it's also the, the cancer that has uh, unfortunately affected my father. He's been diagnosed with it since 2017. And my guest today is um, a young man, 23 years old, of course, Persian from the Toronto area. Um, at the age of 23, uh, he is now a three-time uh, survivor of uh, the same exact disease, AML. And his story is just incredible. When I first uh, came across the story, I was blown away by um, how he defied all, all odds to be able to um, stand before us here um, and, and do what he's doing, which is now pursuing his uh, other true passion, which is music, singing, um, producing, rapping. Uh, and, and he's just a, an incredible soul that we're happy to still have here and being such a force of inspiration for the entire world and so I was like you know what I think on my birthday this is exactly how I want to spend it first of all doing an awesome people podcast episode where I get to connect with all of you I genuinely love to have these conversations and I wish I had the resources and the time to do more and more of them because they really feed my soul and I hope that it touches uh, you all when you listen to these incredible stories from these guests that I continue to have um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of why, you know, I chose on May 31st to have this episode. And uh, Taimaz Bagmani is the guest. But before I bring him on, just want to play a little promo video so you get to know him a little bit until we get to know him on a deeper level when he comes in and we have a nice deep conversation about his story and his goals and his passion. And sit back, grab a glass of wine or beer, and let's enjoy this conversation. Thank you. Thomas Bagbani's message to the doctors who told him he only had six months to live. I could never even imagine for a second life without Thomas. 
Do not disturb, I've been in a different zone TB12, red zone, straight end zone Still, still, D&D to the fake friends though Still, bad energy just drowns my mental So I stay in the studio every night Came in the game, no warning, no break light no Time as Bugbani just celebrated his 23rd birthday His cancer in remission And you're back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, without any further ado, it's my pleasure to virtually bring on Taimos Bagbani from Toronto, Canada. Taimos, how are you, my friend? I'm looking forward to this convo, man. Likewise, man. I really appreciate you making time. First of all, I apologize for the delay up there, but I guess we wouldn't really be Persian if there wasn't some kind of delays in the way that we start on all gatherings, right? Yeah, 100%. So, so time was, I, I kind of gave like a little brief, uh, you know, on a macro level of, of your story, but obviously there's just so much more to your story. Uh, I would rather it comes from your own words. Just kind of give your little story of like your upbringing, where you were born, where you were raised, and then share with us the journey of what first happened medically, and then uh, pretty much the journey that you've gone through. Okay, so... um. My parents are both refugees, came straight from Iran by themselves, no family, built themselves up. I was born in Toronto myself. Um, we had a, they, my mom, they, they worked hard. We moved up a little north. I was, since I was a little kid, I always had one goal, and that was to be a soccer player. And I started playing at the highest levels in Canada at the age of five, played at the highest levels, continued, continued. I was having a, like a happy, normal childhood doing well like a true canadian success story and then at the age of 11 is when i was first diagnosed with uh leukemia aml and it was just like uh i would always be one of the fastest players at training and everything and i just started to notice bruises all over across my body and my mom just noticed i wasn't running as fast and just mother's intuition took me to see a doctor and the doctor told me right there it's like if you kept playing you could have done like a header and got internal bleeding because I was like training with basically zero cells in my body. And then after that, I beat it the first time, right back, got back to normal life, got back to soccer. Feels like it was just a hiccup. It was good for two and a half years. And then in the grade nine summer, it relapsed again for the second time. And with that, and with the second, uh, second uh, battle with leukemia, they told me this time the only chance was to get a bone marrow transplant. So, um, and nobody in my family was a match. So we had to go on like a donor drive across the world, me and my mom fighting to get that. I finally found a match, got the transplant. And then um, it was doing well. 10 months later after that, I moved to Spain, Malaga at 15 by myself. and started trying out with professional clubs there. And only about a month and a half in there, I relapsed again for the third time and had to go straight from the soccer field in Spain to Sickest Hospital in Toronto. And then, uh, keep going or like, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. And that was how long ago? I guess you kind of just gave a timeline from the time you were 11 years old and you're 23 years old right now. When you went back there the last time from Spain straight to the hospitals in Toronto, how, and, and then by the time you went through the whole process of chemo, when did that end? How long have you been in remission? So basically, um, when I first got back, they didn't even want to give me treatment or anything. They just said it would do more damage than good. 
they gave me six months to live. They just told my mom, enjoy the time you have left with your son. We just refused to accept it. He went to the board of the hospital, fought for the treatment, fought for everything, had to do everything again. And every time you go through a battle and you go through it again, it becomes 10 times harder. So like the third time, like my body has already gone through two full treatments, one bone marrow transplant. And this time I had to get total body radiation and a second bone marrow transplant. And then, um, but like my first two times I was still playing soccer. I was good. Like I would just go in the hospital, beat it, come back out, start training again. But it's my third battle that really, like, because basically when you get a, the thing that saved, cured my cancer, the second bone marrow transplant, basically took away everything else. And is, then, that, um, is, that, is that when you were put in a wheelchair and you were told that you would never walk again? Yeah, basically. So right now I'm look, I'm like eight years remission. So they gave me six months to live and it's eight years now. And I'm doing good, getting stronger every single day. But it just took, a, it just took years and years and years to get my body back. Because uh, when I had the second one, basically, it's called graft versus host disease. When you get a transplant from somebody else's body, your body doesn't recognize it as your own organ, right? Mm -hmm. So in its natural instinct is to fight, fight against each other. And your bone marrow is your like cell factory. That's where all your cells are, come get produced and everything. Your cells are where everywhere in your body. So basically every cell in my body went to war with each other. And it was like very, very, very bad. <laughs> like that. And then um, basically all my, my joints and things got constricted. And I was like stuck, like in a bent position, 90 degrees. And they told me I'll just be like that. So how, how, how do the doctors explain how you were able to defy all the odds and, and, you know, basically make it out on the other side? Like what, what do you attribute it to? What do they attribute it to? Uh, to be honest, I'm sure they're still wondering how, but I know it's soccer that did it for me. Literally, the love to get back to the game, the love to know that I got great things to do in life, and it's the mindset. Because whenever you, whatever your mind tells you, your body's gonna follow. So basically, like when people say it, I say it all the time: soccer, literally. Where, where, where does this um, incredible passion and desire, sense of purpose, like what's been the catalyst? Like, would you say that from a very young age you were determined, or is this something that? the determination and the purpose all came during your first bout of cancer? Like if I were to go back to time months when he was five, six, seven, eight years old, would he have the same demeanor, the same will to be the greatest? 100%, time has always been timeless. Like, you know, like in everything I thought since a kid, I would go to the fields myself. I would call the coaches myself since a kid. I'm doing all the things just like how I do my music. I handle everything myself. I was a man since I was a kid. And I did it all. And it's just always, I felt like I have confidence in myself and my abilities. And I always like, I don't like, there's just like, you know how there's fight and flight? Time just has fight, no flight in his body. So where do you think it come from? Like where, where, where does this like, where does it come from you think? It's, it's in me, but I like, I found it in me and I, grew it myself you know what i mean like i always had it in me i feel like everybody has it in me but i just tap into it and i tap into it because whenever i find something that i'm passionate about and i like like you don't need to tell me you don't need to be like oh time let's go train like i'm gonna do it myself that's just something like i enjoy to do that 
So like for me, it's not like hard work. It's something that uh, I'm just do naturally. But like it's also it's a it's a looking around you and seeing what do you want to be in this life and what what makes you excited and then finding that's the thing that taps in with you. So you tap in with it. So basically, yeah, that's the mentality. But where where did your love and passion for soccer or or football? You know, where, where did that derive from? Do you remember the first time you fell in love with the pitch? Like, even um, I th like I, my parents told me I was kicking the ball before I could even walk. You know, <laughs> like it was just like that's it. Like that's I've been soccer's been me. That's been time was, and it's like. I don't know. It's just natural. It's like, how do you like, um, why is the sky blue? It's like things like that. Why does time love soccer? It's like, it's just, I can't describe it. It's just, it's a different kind of feeling I get. Hold on one, I'm so sorry, uh, Thomas. Give me one second. We just had, give me a second, brother. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. It was in. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought here. So go back real quick to kind of explaining. Like it was just in you from the beginning. Like you kind of born with the ball uh, in your lap, and you just kind of like continue to have like this love for it multiply throughout the years. Yeah, it's just it was in me from the beginning, and then it just grew and grew and grew and grew more as I get older and I understand more. So there, there unfortunately, it got to the point where this last time around, that that dream of playing professionally. Uh, or at the highest level possible really became um it, it just wasn't going to happen again so my first question is how did you deal with that setback um it's something i'm still dealing with now you know it's not like it's a uh, in the past i i just it's just you gotta things happen in life and you gotta you can either let them crush you or let it build you and it's just like I used it as like, okay, I can't do this, but more than even soccer, I think I love competing. And then I found in music, it's like a, it's an even playing field, you know? It's not like I was always at a disadvantage, always like had a disadvantage training with these guys that I'm going to the hospital and going back to the pitch. These guys have, I'm getting my time taken away from me, everything. And it's just like, uh, music is another way of me competing. And so is that how the adjustment came? You realized that you can no longer compete at the highest level with soccer, but you found like the next closest. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you didn't just find the next closest love in music. I feel like at this point you're realizing that, wait a second, I thought it was soccer that was going to be the major love of my life. But would it be fair to say that at this point music is right neck and neck and you're, maybe it's even uh, fueling your hunger even more? Or tell me about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I would say I bring the same mentality I brought to soccer to my music, like, like my training things. Like, it's all about things. Like, in my first year of music, I'm like, I'm going to do this serious. I made 30 songs a month for, like, four straight months so I could perfect it. It's like reps. It's like drills. And, like, music is just, uh, I'm still I'm still finding what I want in life. Like, I'm still, like, everyone else, you know? But I just, I enjoy it. And I'm putting anything I enjoy, I do to my best of my abilities. How integral, because um, I've watched a lot of interviews with you and, you know, your mom is referenced a lot. Share, share with me the, the love between your mom and you and how she's been there through this process. And, um, you know, just talk, talk to me about that relationship that you've had. 
Yeah, man, there's there's zero chance I'm here today if it wasn't for my mom. And I always say that first thing. Like, when I had to fight for my life, she's fighting for me to be able to fight for my life. We're like a, we're like a tag team. Like a, It's a different kind of bond with me and my mom. And then um, she just wants the best for me in life. And that's someone I always trust and look up to. And so, like real strength, you know, like I don't give it up. She's really real strength, man. I've seen it firsthand. There's not many people like her in the world. I guarantee you that. It's amazing, man. There's, there's nothing like a mother's love. That's for sure. So, so right now, as you're turning a corner in this in this career of uh, music, actually, what, when did the love for music start? Because I saw you even had like a poetic video that was created a few years ago. I think it was either during or right after one of your treatments. It was like a seven-minute video of you sharing your story through poetry. Um, when did that when did that all start? When did you realize that? Oh, wait a second. This this could be my calling now that soccer is off the table. Yeah, so even as a kid, like, I always was really good at poems and writing, like, as gifts, I would just write a quick poem, you know, and then they would, they would get the biggest reaction because I could do it so well. And, like, I always had the writing in English class. If we're doing, like, poetry. I would write a crazy poem. But just my only love was soccer, so that's the only thing I ever thought about or focused on. So now that it was out my life, I had to, like, look at what else I can do in life and what else I'm really good at. And then the music came and I actually got in that thing. I told literally I wrote that one was the first thing I ever wrote. It's called Hope. Hold on, pain ends the video you're talking about. And it's basically was like people were like, what happened to time was I was literally on my deathbed. I wrote that and I was and it's a song about hope. Hold on, pain ends. And it did like I manifested right like music is so powerful. Like you can manifest you can make a song today about where you're going to be in five years and you're going to be there in five years. Like it's and, a very powerful tool. And, and, you know, like, I would say that most, if not all of your songs and the lyrics are are about your journey and battling cancer and, and surviving, right? Yeah, 100%. I put that into it. And then, but I like to put it in a little clever way where even if you think I'm not talking about it, I'm really talking about it. You know, like, it's like, because I'm a, the, how I got into music first was I got into battle rap. Because I always like the bars and the lyrics and like in battle rap is like no beat, no nothing. It's just and, and I love the competitive too. So it's like me versus you who can use these words better, you know, so I got into that. But then it's like I have big goals. So music is the biggest way to reach the world. So I taught myself how to write songs and then I just put. So that's why my lyrical ability, I feel is like top notch, one of the world class level because I got into battle rap and things where it's like. These guys, they just go with the beat and they flow, but they're not really saying nothing. I can't, I can't say nothing. I've been through too much to not be able to say nothing, you know. And and by by telling your story and um, through through the lyrics, is that is that part of like your mission? Are you trying to impact other people, or is it more about like you need this for your own? uh sanity you need it for your own healing you need it for your own purpose like how much of it is for the people and to help other people and how much is it for just you doing you and like if other people enjoy it great too do you know what i mean yeah yeah um it's a good question i would say it's mostly like if it was just for me i would just keep them to myself you know like i would just write it and i wouldn't release it but I, I know what I can do and the effect that I have on people when they hear me, they hear my story, they hear my music, they meet me, they see the way I'm still moving right now, like nothing happened. Like, like how do you like do that? And I know that that gives them strength, seeing me have strength. So 
I feel like it's my purpose, and it's like it would be selfish for me to not share it with other people. I love that. Well, now, now that we're talking about your music, I definitely want to share um, the the one of one of the promos that you have from uh, Deep Dive, and is it Deep Dive or Dive Deep? Dive deep, yeah. Dive deep. Sorry about that. I have I have a little bit of dyslexic on my head. So we're gonna, we're gonna play that promo, and then we're gonna talk about all the exciting projects that you're working on right now, which hopefully includes you coming down to Miami and doing your next music video. So let's go ahead and play that promo, and then we also have this little clip of uh, where you were helping do a promo for Sick Kids, which I think it was with a pretty well known soccer player. I don't know too many soccer players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was the he played in England. He was the Torn FC captain at the time. Okay, so, very cool. So we're going to play the Dive Deep promo, and then we're going to play the promo you created for Sick Kids. Happy birthday, dear And we can dive deep, yeah Resurface when it's hard to breathe, yeah Chosen so I know it's all on me Found my purpose then I found me And we can dive deep, yeah Resurface when it's hard to breathe, yeah Chosen so I know it's all on me Found my purpose then I found me So we're back with Timos. Did, did we play the Did we play the promo for Sick Kids as well, Brandon? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry, I don't know if that was played. Uh, so first of all, Timos, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit more about the foundation, the Sick Kids, so we can make sure we give them a little shout out about what they are, what's their mission. Yeah, so Sick Kids is probably one of the best children hospitals in the entire world, literally. Like, um, it's a mag like I want to say magical place because it's like a kids' hospital, but. They can make your experience really well, and like I'm very thankful for sick kids. You know, sick kids is one of the like I was very lucky to be born in Toronto and have the access to a hospital like that for my treatments. And they're just like a real pillar of the community, but a pillar of the city. And I support sick kids fully. Great hospital, great organization. And I wanted to touch on this. You know how you said the time was always have it, or you're born with that thing. You see in that video, I was like of the Sickets commercial. Mm -hmm. I was literally like um, maybe my sixth or seventh straight birthday I had to spend in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then with that video, that was like probably the sickest point of my life. Like when everything just like switched to everything. Mm -hmm. And you see me in that video, I'm killing the guy in FIFA and talking <laughs> in his ear saying, you know, that's my kind of goal. So like that's the, that's the I think the epitome of like, what time has his mentality is like no matter what situation he's in he's gonna fight and he's gonna let you know he's winning <laughs> yeah he actually he actually looked like he was about to start crying you were whooping his ass <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean first of all what what they do at some of these children's hospitals is pretty amazing um what what word of advice do you have for um both children that are going through that really really difficult uh phase and hopefully they come out of it victorious like you do and then what advice do you have for parents 
that are going through that period as well? Um, for the children, I would say the situation you're in is not is temporary, you know. And then um, it's about how you look at the situation. Is how's the situation going to come out? So it's all about just keeping a positive thoughts and don't think about the situation you're in. Just keep your thoughts on what you're going to do when you're going to get better. And then that just keep that those thoughts always. Don't. I know it's like very hard to say, like, don't think about this, but you have to. That's how you beat it. You have to keep your thoughts on what I'm going to do when I get out. Like, you know, me and my mom, we had a promise. Time was when you walk, we're going to go on the beach and walk together. You know, like you keep those kind of those kind of things on, on the thoughts in, the, in your head. When you get on, I'm going to be back on the soccer pitch. When I get on, I'm going to do this. When I do, like, you always have to keep looking to your, because your, your brain is going to take in positive things in the future and then your body's going to take it it's like real nutrient real nutrients to your your body yeah man, <laughs> then, the power of mindset for sure so what what were you doing to keep a positive mindset i mean like were you reading books did you watch uh motivational speakers did you watch documentaries did you you know what i mean like was it all internal stuff that you kind of created and you you know positively push your mind or were there other things that you were kind of gravitating towards? Watch uh, motivational speakers. Did you watch documentaries? Did you? you um, I would say. Uh, it was just more of the fact of. Uh, I wouldn't. I wasn't watching like too many things. Like I was just, like to be one. That's why I say soccer. Like soccer. You know. Like I was like thinking how I'm gonna get on the pitch. Like I, my dad would bring my cones. I told him bring my cones. He would hold my IV pole while I'm getting chemo. I'm dribbling in the hallways of the hospital to try to not lose as much time. Like, so it was just like that. And like, I'm a kid. I'm trying to, I make the most of every situation I'm in. My friends would come. We would have fun in the hospital. You know, like we would like, it was just things like that to just try to keep it going. And like, and I'm just a kid. I don't even realize what I'm doing. But like, this is the type of things that you need to do to come out of that situation. What what about what kind of advice do you have uh, for your parents for any parents that are going through this? We would like I would say um, the parents. It's a very tough. I I don't know how to look, to be honest to talk to the parents like that because I was never. It's a very different situation when you're doing it and you're watching somebody that's going through it and you can't really like do anything to help. Only thing is is just. Try to keep your child into the most positive situation as he can and positive mindset. Take him out. Be in the sun as much as you can. Literally, be in the sun. And just spend your time with your kids. And all he needs in that time and like that is just love. And know that he has parents and people that love him and are looking after him and do whatever it takes. So basically, just making sure they have as much or close to having an experience of a childhood and then, of course, the love of the family. The combination of two will hopefully make it the best possible experience during an obviously difficult period for both parent and children. Um, well, let's let's try to now change a little focus on the horizon, the, the, the great things that you're working on. Um, you know, I'm so glad that it worked out and we had an event here in Miami a month ago or so. You happened to be in town and I actually got to meet you in person. Um, what, what what are some of the things that you're working on right now? I know you're hustling and you're grinding, 
but what can people expect out of Ty Moz, the artist, coming up? So right now, my first album is basically done. It's in the works. So I have my single coming out soon, Heavenly. And I'm just trying to shoot the craziest music video I can to get the visuals right. And I'm going to drop my project right after that. And like, this music is like at a different level, man. It's a melodic. It's a music that every single age race can enjoy man and i'm saying real stuff at the same time and i'm rapping my ass off like it's like it's it's just it's just the time is is gives my i give my soul into my music that's all and then i'm also i'm coaching i coach soccer as well in toronto i just got my i'm working on getting my c license um, i'm gonna start doing a private technical academy too to train the kids and get their technique up and then just uh I make my investments, I do my hustles, but right now my focus is mainly on just getting my music video done and dropping my project and just trying to find the right people to work with and connect with that can help me deliver that and make sure that I get distributed properly. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, w one of the things that you try to ask me to help you out with is to connect you with the people in the music industry. What 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 are you know, let's put it out here. Let's put it out in the universe. Who are you looking for? Like, who are you trying to work with uh, so that hopefully if it reaches the right people, they can contact you or they at least share it to the right people uh, so that you get some phone calls, some emails, and, and get this ball moving forward? You would think, say, say more of the Persian community or like uh, American? Anywhere, anywhere. I mean, it, this, this, you know, whoever sees this can spread it to whoever you're looking for. So let's put it out in the universe, universe and let's see where it takes us. Well, I would say Tory Lanez and Drake are my favorite artists, both from the city, doing it big. Those are two of them, probably my dream collabs I would love to work with. Tory Lanez actually um, FaceTimed me before when he heard my story. Oh, and nice. told me, like, he was saying, oh, man, just rate it and make music for people like you. So hopefully soon in the works, we'll get something going. I'm trying to, I also love to do, like, podcasts and, uh, like, this, have a conversation where people can really tap into the mindset, the soul, and the story so i was thinking even um like giango meshi is a uh, person in toronto that's doing it big and uh, i know that he interviewed he interviewed drake before so it's like you know you get drake and then you get timeless so <laughs> that'd be pretty cool too. Oh, wow. i didn't know that he did drake that's actually great yeah yeah well so ho that's... Ho hopefully we could have you opening up in front of one of his uh air canada shows next time around you know that'd be a cool experience <laughs> Um, but what about like, cause I know you're also looking to connect with like music and musicians and producers and stuff like that. If they want to, uh, collab with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I would say my Instagram is where I'm most active on and it's timeless nine. So T Y M A Z. And then the number nine, I check my DMS, you know, this is what I do for my, it's my career, it's my business. I take everything seriously. And, um, this is what I'm trying to do. I also want to get into doing keynote speakers keynote speeches, talk, say my story in that level. I'm trying to get uh, a book deal. I'm trying to do a lot of things, you know? So if any publishers in the book community hear this, watch this podcast, hear my story, it's there, man. The project is there. It, the the people need to, more people in the world need to hear about Thomas and his fight. Absolutely, man. And um, is there any chance of you, <laughs> I mean, you're straight up on the TV. Um, you, are, 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 are there any chance of you rapping in Persian as well? I mean, you're, you're, I'm from Toronto, but like I, I throw in a couple, 
I throw in a couple of words in my things to show them, you know, we have, the, we can do it if we want, but why not, is, man? Is it, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like the Persian community makes fun of my accent, though. So, like, I don't know. No, well, I mean, for, first of all, you got to enjoy what you're doing, and if you enjoy it, then whatever the people want to um, uh, respond, that's that's on them, you know. You're, gonna, you're always going to have somebody that's going to love and appreciate what you're putting out. But, uh, I mean, you're representing the Farvahar, so at least you're representing the culture in that degree. And I was just kind of curious if you are going to have any any Farsi as well. I have I have I have some songs coming with a uh, Persian artist, so like those guys are, and they just rap in Persian. You know they can. Who's so, who's like, the artist? Like Ali Eza, he's doing his big. I have a couple other ones that are trying to do it. And they're like basically artists from Toronto, Iran that came to Toronto. Awesome. They're like, so they're doing it big there. And Iran is hip hop's community is growing a lot. You know, it's of not course. like. Not a little thing anymore. It's like a real industry. Do Do you follow a lot of the Persian rappers like Airfan and all you know all those? I mean, there's so many. I don't want to just put out a couple of names, but do you, Do you follow Persian rap at all? Uh, like I I heard about it when I was a kid, but my me myself, I never really like you know like uh, I, but like, there's a few couple of guys like Puban does his nice thing. He's he's from uh, he lives yeah. in Toronto too. He's really good, talented guy. But yeah, and there's a guy Hitchcast. I liked his thing. Hitchcast, he says like some of real course. stuff. Of course, so, yeah, like, definitely. yeah, yeah. So you, like, what, one of my favorite is actually Yoss. Have you have you checked out Yoss? I've heard of him. Yeah, I was I was trying to connect with him recently too. We'll see. Yoss, Yoss is like old school. One of one of one of the first that really did it like incredibly. Like you want to, if you want to hear somebody passionately rap, especially about the homeland. You're not going to find too many people above you So personally, one of my favorites. Um, cool. So what 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 can what can people expect uh, if you had to kind of like share with us your your five year plan? Where do you where do you, where do you see Taimaz in five years? I'm trying to be an icon, a symbol for perseverance, a symbol for. I want people to think of the fight like. Uh, when they think of Scott, hey man, this is a real underdog that made it happen. That's what they're gonna think of timeless, you know. And it's like, music is my love, and I I don't know if music's doing my thing, but I know music is gonna bring me to the thing that I'm gonna do. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, of course. For so you, like, for you, it's creating the pathway for for the next big thing. That's it. It's just because uh, I just want as many people to touch and connect and inspire as many people in the world as I can. Well, I'm still breathing. And and there's no better way to do it lyrically, musically, melodically. And, um, you know, you got the flow, man. And I, and I know you're going to continue to get better and better. Um, and just know that, you know, the Persian community is going to support the hell out of you um, in whatever way they can. I, I, I definitely um, believe in our community. And I have no doubt that as your story continues to spread uh, amongst our community, that uh, it's going to create opportunities for you. And... Um, you have me in your corner and whatever I can do, uh, it'll be my pleasure because, uh, you're, you're just a, um, you're, you're a bright light of hope, my friend, you know, and I just want you to know that what you've gone through, I know was extremely difficult, but you now have the ability to bless a lot of people's lives by giving them a lot of hope and, and courage and, and zest for life. You know, there's a lot of people that are walking around life and they don't really appreciate what they have and when they hear stories like yours 
I have no doubt that it's going to trigger something inside of them and make them say that, oh, you know what, I need to stop taking every, any moment for granted and pursue my dreams, pursue my, 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 my hopes and, and, and fight for it because nothing is being given to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you've gone through a hell and back and you're still fighting for everything and every opportunity because that's what life is. You know, nothing is, nothing is uh, just given out, you know. So thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule to share your story, man. It's been a true pleasure just getting to know you and getting to know um, the love that you have for life. And I hope that you continue to touch a lot of people, my friend. No, I thank you, man. I really, that, was, that was well said, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any closing words, man, anything that you have in your heart that you want to share that you haven't already said, please know that the stage is yours. And speaking of stage, I hope that you continue to perform on the biggest stages in the world. But I do want you to kind of say any last words that you'd like. All right, I'll give you guys a line from my upcoming single. Let's do it. If you never give up, you never can lose. That's it. <laughs> Love it. I cannot wait to. Uh, well, actually, that's the one that you sent us through through WhatsApp, right? I've heard that one, right? Yeah. That's the one. Uh, yeah. Very cool, man. Well, I, I appreciate you very much. Uh, please send my best to your parents, especially your mom. The the love that uh, and the bond that you have with your mother is is incredible. And I uh, she raised uh, they raised a great young man. And I'm rooting for you. And I I can't wait to see what's coming because when your name is warrior which is what timers means um you know you're unstoppable so keep on keep on uh using your great force for good man no i appreciate it all right thank you friend. so much be well and we'll be in touch Thanks. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ty Moz, and as he signs off, I just want to thank you all again and apologize in advance for the, any technical issues. Um, you know, it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't the most perfect of productions because of what happened with our computer essentially not even turning on. So I do apologize, but I appreciate you guys sticking around, and hopefully we'll get a chance to um, reconnect again next time for another episode. I don't know exactly when and with who, but it's going to be a great conversation regardless. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to click subscribe and like this video if you enjoyed it. Thank you so much and much love.